The content of CPR Unplugged is designed for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as mental health treatment or medical or mental health advice. Details such as names and locations may have been changed to protect individual privacy. Hello and welcome to CPR Unplugged. I am joining you from the home studio today with Jenna. Hey Jenna, thanks for joining us. Hey there, thanks for having me. So Jenna has joined us today to share her story. And Jenna, I'm gonna let you start wherever you like and then I'll just jump in with questions. All right, well, uh, like I said, I just wanna thank you for having me today. And uh, today I'm gonna talk about my experience with postpartum depression. And I guess I should start off by saying that I don't necessarily have a long history of depression. I don't think I've ever experienced it until I had postpartum depression. And I do, however, have had an experience with anxiety. And I consider myself to be somewhat of an anxious person, but maybe not in a more clinical way. I'm a little high strung. I've had panic attacks in the past. Um, But most of the time, those kind of panic attacks have been at a time in my life where I was going through a large shift and maybe I hadn't created the mechanisms or the habits in which you would um, employ for new experiences or growth periods. So I haven't, I haven't really felt the way I did when I had postpartum depression. So I think when you're thrown into that, you're just kind of like blown away by how that feels. When was the first time you remember feeling anxious? Well, I think I I remember feeling anxious as a child. And the anxiety was the need and want to um, do well. You know what I mean? I always wanted to achieve. And I remember, like, my parents were divorced when I was growing up. And I remember feeling extremely anxious when I would leave my mom and fly to Houston to see my dad. And then I would stay, I would stay with him for, you know, six weeks to four weeks and then you would fly back and you would stay with your mom and you were kind of you know catapulted between these two different routines and the pressure to adjust as a child I think just wanting consistency and then being in two different households is kind of it's just a change you know and so I remember feeling anxious at that point the first time I had a panic attack though was when I was in high school right before I was going off to college, I was going to college out of the state in which I was raised, which I had lived from like, you know, six to 18 years old. So um, that's the first time I had a a full-blown panic attack. And then thereafter, I had some in college, like, and then thereafter, I remember feeling really anxious when I moved out of my college town to the new um, location in which I live, which was a different state from both where I was raised and where I went to college. And so anytime I've had these major transitions in my life, there have been anxiety that's come with it. So it sounds like before you experienced postpartum depression, you had had some experiences that you had to kind of learn to adapt and develop some coping skills for. But the, from what you were saying, the postpartum depression was like something you had never experienced before, just kind of blindsided you. It was just a whole different kind of anxiety. You know, when you, when, when you're anxious about, a circumstance, I guess. If, of course, it can totally like envelop you, but it was just so different. I remember sitting on the couch and just like staring into space. You know what I mean? Like it, like I just felt 
so it's, I felt like static on TV. I don't know if that makes sense, but if you've ever seen like, you know, back in the day when VHS would be taken out and it was still on that uh, mode that was for video and the TV would just be static. That's how I felt. And I had never felt like that before in my life. When did you first notice it? Were you pregnant? Was it after the baby was born? Both? So it's funny because it's like I fought it. Um, I distinctly remember, um, you know, you go to your appointments with your doctor and she had asked me if I had any experience with anxiety or if I had previously been um, medicated at any time for um, for anxiety. And I think I had, um, I still have it. I have a prescription. Um, it's, it's not like renewed or anything, but I had a prescription for um, Xanax for panic attacks. I literally, I probably need to throw these pills away. I've had them for five years uh, or not five years, like two years because I haven't needed to take them because I haven't had a panic attack. So she asked me like, do you have a prescription? Yes, I do. And she said, you know, can you tell me a little bit about your background with anxiety? And I explained to her, you know, it's usually like kind of, um, I've had it bad in the, in the past, but now it's been under control. And she was like, well, this is something we're going to need to look out for. Um, after you have the baby and I just kind of shrugged it off like you know when you're feeling good you're kind of like I'll be fine I'll be fine but the other thing about my pregnancy is that I threw up for seven months and then I was nauseous for until the day my daughter was born and when you're when you have like a bad pregnancy like that you can't you don't go out and do the normal things that you would do I didn't realize that my anxiety was slowly heightening and heightening and heightening. And of course, anyone who's going to become a new parent, it's, you're anxiety ridden. It's something new for the first time. And um, I had felt it going up and up and up, but I hadn't fully, you know, maybe recognized that it was impacting me a little bit more than I thought. So after the baby, I had, I had a hard birth too, which I would argue everybody has a hard birth. I didn't know what to expect. I refused to read anything about giving birth because I thought it would just scare me. So then I ended up scaring me even more when I was there and I hadn't read about it. So that I had, I had a really hard time. I had a C-section. At one point I felt like I wasn't numbed enough. So that was really scary. It was just, it's all very terrifying. I mean, you're having, you're having surgery where you're awake, you know? So the whole time I just, and then after having a surgery, um, you're catapulted and learning how to breastfeed. And that's like a whole new stressor. I, before I went into labor, I didn't sleep the night before. I didn't sleep the night of my, you know, like 19 hour labor. And then um, you're given a baby. You're like thrown into a room with your baby and you don't sleep that night or any night thereafter for the rest of your six months or however, you know, my daughter didn't sleep sleep until just recently. So that alone is like already a tough situation. That's a lot. Yeah. So when I went home, I had this like picture of what I was supposed to be like as a mom in my mind. And I was just going to like be this Betty Crocker that could do everything and um, it was going to be so easy. And then, you know, my daughter had a tongue tie. So, um, you know, I was in literally 
excruciating physical pain breastfeeding until she had her tongue tie fixed. And then the stress of working with doctors to get her tongue tie fixed was extremely hard. You know, it, it took a certain amount of weeks. And then when, when you, that's the first time you have to leave your child and she has to get like a little procedure done where they essentially cauterize her tongue, which was really scary too, but I don't think that helped the situation. And I was also like, I didn't give myself any slack. It was breastfeed or nothing. You know what I mean? And I also, I, ref- I couldn't nap during the day. I refused to nap. I thought, you know, as someone who is very serious about their job, working is a large part of my identity. I had shifted my focus into thinking, okay, while I'm on maternity leave, this is my job. And I'm going to do it a, a thousand percent percent. You know what I mean? So the house had to always be clean. The I always wanted the food to be done. Um, when my husband got home, it's like, it's like I went into this 1950s <laughs> like perspective of how I was supposed to be a mom. So looking back now, do you feel like those were unrealistic expectations? I do. I wish I would have given myself a little grace. And I had a lot of friends that were like, relax. You don't like have your family come over and do the dishes so you can take a nap or during the day, have somebody watch the baby. But I didn't want anyone holding the baby. That was another thing is like, in my mind, nobody cared for her or could protect her like I could. And um, that was an added stress. I used to just put my head over her bassinet and I would just listen all night long, I could not fall asleep. So, you know, you have to wake up every three hours, three to four hours to feed your baby when they're newborn. But I just wouldn't go to sleep at all. And I, like, I couldn't. There, even if I tried, I wasn't able to go to sleep. Um, so I just kind of felt like a zombie. And then, you know, my husband, when you come home from the hustle, I cried. The amount of crying I did for two weeks is the most I've ever cried in my entire life. I would just, I remember one day I was standing out in the backyard in my bra and underwear, just bawling, crying. And I was out in the backyard because I was trying to hide it from my husband because I didn't know why I was crying. It was, it's the most bizarre hormonal cliff and you, you have no answers. Then I went to my pediatrician probably four weeks after And I was bawling, crying in his office. And he was like, I don't know why you're crying. And I was like, you know, it's just hard. And he was like, okay, are you sleeping? And I was like, well, nobody sleeps when they have a newborn, you know? So I was like, no, I'm not sleeping. Like, I don't know why you're asking such a dumb question. (laughs) Um, And so he ended up, he was like, you know, you might need to talk to someone. This isn't quite normal at this stage. And I remember writing that off. I was so offended. I came home. I told my husband, we're getting a new pediatrician. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I thought because he was a man, you know, he he didn't understand. And um, it turns out, um, my husband didn't tell me this, but it turns out that um, my pediatrician had called my husband after that appointment. And he said, I want you to keep a close eye on your wife. I'm sensing that there's some postpartum depression going on. Oh, wow. And, so it um, sounded pretty concerned. Yeah. And you know, my husband, 
he didn't tell me, which I actually think was very smart because I was so sensitive anytime that came up. My parents had said like, you know, you're, you're crying a lot. Um, and I'd be like, yeah, this is normal. This is normal. Everyone cries after they have a baby because they have that little like, they say you have the baby blues after the first two weeks, but I wasn't ever taking into account that maybe it shouldn't expand past the two weeks. But I was also really tired because I wasn't sleeping. So I was telling myself, well, you're just tired. Was there a part of you that really did feel like something was wrong or did you really feel like, no, this is fine. This is normal. I'll get through it. So I think the day that I realized that something, there was a couple incidents that happened that I realized maybe something wasn't right. And I like, you know, picked up these really weird, not necessarily OCDs, but I just got like really weirdly anxiously controlling. Like I bought a $700 vacuum. Like one day I was like, this house is not clean. The baby's going to get sick. If I don't get this vacuum, like it was just a, a really irrational purchase and decision I made based off of fear and anxiety. And then um, I remember another time I had gotten out of the house. My husband was like, do you need to go out of the house? Why don't you go do a target run or go get some groceries or like, just do something. I'll watch the baby. So I went out of the house and I was driving and I saw this homeless man outside of the grocery store. And I just had this, insane panic attack and I just started crying I felt you know I almost felt a little bit emotional talking about it and my stomach hurt and I thought what if my daughter gets herself in a position where she's someday homeless and I can't protect her and I was just so overcome with emotion feeling about feeling you know all these things like these scenarios that were out of my control essentially and I just felt like I couldn't go out of the house after that because I, I, the, the world was just scary and I didn't want to expose my, my baby to that and I didn't want to grow, her to grow up. And then I was, I was like, what if I'm a bad mom? What if, you know, it was just all these what ifs, you know? And um, I had at my eight-week appointment with my OBGYN, I had gone and I, w- I finally had got the courage. I was going to bring it up with her about feeling a little anxious. And um, so that appointment was really critical for me because I have finally kind of, I hadn't said anything to anyone. I hadn't said anything to my husband even. I was like, I'm going to confide in my OBGYN and see what she thinks. And so I, I sat there for my appointment and my doctor ended up having to go to the hospital and, you know, deliver a baby, just like that some doctor had to do for me. And um, I remember them saying, I'm sorry, we're going to have to move your appointment and we can't get you in for another two weeks. And I went to my car and I was just bawling, crying. And I was like, nobody cares about me. Nobody cares about my health. And of course I hadn't said anything to anyone. I hadn't said I called the doctor's office and said, you know, I'm not feeling quite right. They, nobody knew. Nobody knew to prioritize it. It was just like, you know, the normal check-in appointment. And I came home and my, my in-laws were at the house watching the baby. And I just was laying on the floor, like bawling, crying. And I remember them just looking at me and I was like, 
I'm sorry. Like, I just don't feel normal. And it all kind of spewed out. And um, I had told my husband that night, you know, I just feel kind of empty is what, or, or the static because it's, it's postpartum depression is hard because you feel stigmatized to some degree because how can you feel so terrible when you have such an enormous gift that was given to you? And so you don't want to admit to anyone, or at least I didn't, I put all this pressure on myself that you can have the, the greatest treasure, but still feel so conflicted. And, you know, also you always hear like, well, people who have postpartum depression want to harm their child. And it's, for me, it was the exact opposite. I was so scared of someone or something harming my child that it, it, it just, it sickened me every day to think that she could grow up and be hurt. So my husband was like, I think you need to make an appointment with a therapist. And I was like, no, I'm going to wait to talk to my OBGYN. So I finally got in and I told her how I was feeling. And she was like, you know, I would recommend seeing a therapist. <laughs> and she was like, I, I'm going to write you a prescription for an antidepressant, which was Zoloft. And so, um, she did that because she said I could breastfeed on Zoloft. And then I came home and I remember like before I started taking the Zoloft, um, we had a dinner party and I had all these friends over. And when they left, I remember feeling like I could not connect. I could not hold a conversation. I could not, I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't feel like I was the same person. Um, I felt like I couldn't make a laugh happen. And I kept like desperately trying to feel some sort of like, I just didn't feel normal. It's so bizarre to explain. It's, I definitely didn't necessarily feel like I wanted to kill myself either, but I felt like trapped in limbo. And so one day my husband and I were out eating and I was just like staring and he was like, you know, I think it's time. So I started taking the medication and it, it was, I started taking the medication about three weeks before I was going to go back from maternity leave so that would have been like you know nine nine weeks deep maybe 10 weeks no maybe two weeks before I went back to work it was a week or two before I went back to work I know that and um I did see a therapist one time um but I have to tell you the medication changed my life and it got me leveled out and I did not have any faith in the medication. I thought this is going to be a waste. Nothing's going to help me. This is just who I am now. And then I think taking the medication combined with going back to work and getting some, you know, regularity and maybe bringing back some purpose and not being trapped in the house, all of those things combined together after about, I took the medication from August to January. And I'm so thankful for the encouragement that I, once I finally started opening up to my friends and I finally reached out to, to other moms. And once I reached out to other moms, they were like, oh yeah, I had it. I had it. I had it. Isn't it crazy? Did you get the medication? And I kind of thought like, Oh my God, you guys, you could have told me. <laughs> like I put myself through hell when, you know, thinking that I was a bad person or a bad mom or what I, you know, or that it was normal when 
everyone, at least like, I'm not kidding, probably 50% of the people were like, oh yeah, I had it. And I bet that's so common for people to feel like they're on an island because like you mentioned, there's that stigma and it's kind of something, you know, oh, we don't talk about this or, oh, I want to, I want to try to appear like I'm okay for my child's sake. And yeah, that's interesting. So what did it feel like to kind of learn, you know, you're not alone. Hey, this is, you know, this is more common than people think. Well, it made me feel a little bit more normal and it, it made me just accept the situation a little bit. I just never thought that I would get it. Like never throughout my pregnancy was I like, Oh, I could get postpartum depression. I just, it never crossed my mind. And then, you know, how are you supposed to know what that's going to feel like? Because it's different, it's different for everyone. And for me, it was extreme heightened anxiety and just wanting to make, it was like, it's from a place of love, that anxiety, like I just want my baby to be loved and feel safe. And I want to be the best mom. So no matter what, she can thrive in this world. And it's just a lot of pressure, but it's that hormonal cliff. I think people don't understand that it's not because you're a bad mom. It's just like a shift in hormones. So, you know, when I, when I see people I know who have had babies, I have now made it a point. I text them. Of course I text them when they have a baby. Congrats. Yay. Are you doing great? But I have always made it a point. I send them an email or I send them a text or however I'm communicating with them at four to six weeks. And I literally share my story. I say, Hey, you know, I, I want you to know, I'm sure this time is just filled with bliss, but if there are days where you're feeling overwhelmed or tired or, you know, whatever, please know you're not alone. I've been there and I just want to be totally honest with you and let you know that I had postpartum depression if you ever need someone to talk to, if you feel like you're having any of those symptoms, I'm here for you. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And I just kind of try to make it, we just don't talk about it. And I guess it's not that crazy. I don't think that our society talks about mental illness in general. But for me, I think it would have been really helpful if, and nobody wants to be like, hey, how are you feeling like you have a postpartum depression? <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? So, like, when I talk about my friends that didn't bring it up that had it, it's not they nobody knew. I wasn't telling anybody. I was just texting everyone. And when I would talk to people, it's great. Yeah, I'm not sleeping. Ha ha. You know, yeah, we're tired. It wasn't like, um, hi, I want to pull out my hair. Uh, my the bags under my eyes are insane. And um, if I turn on the news, I have a panic attack. So I can tell looking back on it now, you know, you can, you can laugh about it. You can reflect on it. And I think you sharing your story on this podcast is huge too, because people are going to, it normalizes it. You know, people are going to be able to relate and connect to that. And hopefully people who haven't experienced it before, it, it gives them a sense of, okay, if, if you do experience something that's different or off, it's okay. It's okay to reach out for help. And like you said, sometimes it's a, it's a neurochemical thing or it's a hormonal thing. And it's, it's not necessarily something you can control. It's not necessarily something that just talking through it will help. So I'm, I'm really glad that you reached out um, and got the support that you needed. How old is your baby now? So my baby is 10 weeks old and she just took her first steps about two weeks ago. 
she's doing great. I feel significantly better. I can't even explain to you. And I have to tell you, though, I do feel nervous. You know, my husband and I have talked about having another child, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know. It's scary. Like what? I don't know if I want to put my mental health in jeopardy like that again. So it's something that I learned from. And, you know, from what I've read, it doesn't happen with all children. So, um, but it is something that I would be cautious with in the future. And I, you know, I would definitely recommend that moms who are, you know, pregnant, just take the pressure off. If you get it, just make sure that you've thought about the tools. You've talked with your spouse and you've you've kind of, um, everyone talks about like, what's your birth plan, right? What's your birth plan? What's your birth plan? Everybody prepares for the birth plan. Nobody ever talks about what's your plan for after the baby, which is the most critical period. The pregnancy is nothing. It's, and the birth is nothing compared to the, the fourth trimester as they call it. Right. And so I would encourage new parents to just at least think through the idea and the scenario that you or your spouse could get postpartum depression. What, what are the checks and balances you're going to put in place to help each other through that time? Because it's not fair to say that I just suffered. You know, my husband suffers when I'm not happy. Uh, it's not easy for him to watch me be unhappy. It scares him. Obviously, getting that call from our pediatrician, he later, you know, once I got better, he is when he shared that story with me. And he's kind of like, I was closely watching you. I knew you were sensitive to it, so I didn't want to bring it up. But I knew when the time came that we had to take this seriously. And that's why I really pushed for you to see the therapist and make sure you explained everything to your your OBGYN. And you had mentioned too, I, I know there's a lot of people who are reluctant to try medications for a lot of reasons. And one of the things I hear a lot is I don't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. I don't want to be dependent on it. But it sounds like for you, it was temporary while you were creating a new normal and while everything in your body was kind of rebalancing and recovering. That's a hundred percent correct. And I was that person, all the people that were like, I don't want to be on this forever. I was that person, you know, you just got done being pregnant, so you haven't even taken like an aspirin. You're so used to not taking any medication. And then you have all these, you know, misconceptions or at least I did about depression medication. And my doctor really level set that. And the therapist I talked to provided good perspective too. And my doctor was like, Jenna, you might take this for six months. You might take it for two years. You may take it for 10 years. It doesn't matter. Why does it matter if it's making you feel normal and it's making it so you're having an enjoyable life and you're a good mom, first and foremost, making sure that, you know, mom is healthy ensures that baby's healthy. So that kind of shifted my perception of um, antidepressant and anxiety medication forever. And she was right. I, when I started feeling good, um, I let her know and I don't take it anymore and I feel fine. And if I, let's say that I ever started feeling low again, I would not feel bad about taking it, whether it was related to postpartum depression or if it was just, there was a shift or there was a, you know, circumstantial situation. I wouldn't 
I wouldn't feel that way because I can, I, I really do not think I would be where I am right now if it wasn't for the help, of course, from the encouragement from my friends and the support from my family. But, you know, that, that little pill did a, quite a heavy lift. What other advice would you give to expecting moms, spouses, people who might be kind of struggling through some things? I think that talking to mental health professionals is such a true privilege and maybe not leveraged enough. And I would say if you're feeling a glimpse of postpartum depression or anxiety, and you know, my neighbor just had a baby. She doesn't have postpartum depression, but she is certainly learning how to adjust to having a baby. And she sees a therapist and she says it's been making all the difference for her. And I think that's really important, especially, you know, just, it's so important that we all manage our health, just like we manage our bodies. You know, if, if we're going to diet and work out to, you know, manage that, we should also manage our mental health as well. And sometimes going to a therapist is like, you know, your mental workout that everybody needs to practice here and there. And I would really, my, my spouse, I just, I don't know what I would do without him. He was, it's so important for your spouse to be supportive during that time and, and really understand that while they might not be able to understand what you're feeling, you're feeling it. And I can't imagine what it would have been like for me if I was in his position. You know what I mean? Like it would have been equal parts frustrating and equal parts scary. And I just, I think it's so important. That's why I really recommend having this like post-birth mental health plan and check for both of you. Because to think that he wasn't suffering from, you know, loss of sleep and is wrong. I mean, I think that your spouse is going to go through just as much an adjustment as you are and you're that person might need to go to a, a therapist as well and go together was there anything today that you didn't mention that you wanted to make sure you mentioned about your story or anything else I would say just leverage the tools that are available to you utilize your friends and family it, when they say it takes a village it really does and I, that's something that I just never considered. I thought I could do it all myself. I thought I could wear an apron and do these activities with my baby all day long and then welcome my husband home to this beautiful meal that I would have never gotten to do being a working person. You know what I mean? But when you have a baby, it's work. It's just like going to work every day. Like sometimes you're not even able to get a shower in. So. I would say be prepared to let people cook you meals, let people hold your baby so you can sleep. And mom's health is first and foremost, because when mom and dad are healthy, baby's healthy. Well said. Absolutely. I'm so grateful that you were willing to share your story with us because I think it's just, it's so important and meaningful. So thank you for that. Thank you for having me got questions or ideas for the podcast, or perhaps you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at crisisprepandrecovery.com or call 602-281-7795. 
You can also find us online at cprpodcast.podbean.com or wherever you prefer to find your podcasts. CPR Unplugged was produced by Crisis Preparation and Recovery, Inc. The intro and outro music was created by Rob Wilson. The CPR podcast team includes Tamara Lamontine, Ben Edwards, Laura Kaufman, Rob Wilson, and Michael Magarinos. Special thanks to Jason Spisak for technical support.